Kayla's not being nailed to that stone. Okay. CD. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. I am thankful to see each and every one of you here today. Uh, how about that rain? Are you happy for that? Uh, I'm grateful for that, too. I uh, haven't been paying attention to the forecast, and I walked outside this morning early and was like, oh, hello. Thank you, Lord. All right. <clears throat> well, we are going to follow the directions of Psalm 100, which say, enter in through the gates, enter in here with praise into his courts with thanksgiving. Let's do that together, shall we? All right. Let's sing, church. Enter in through the gates. Enter in with praise. Here with praise. Come before Him. Come sing your song. Come bring your song. We are His For the Lord is good and His love endures. His love endures forever, forevermore. Your faithfulness, it has no end. For the Lord is good and His love endures. His love endures. Enter in. Enter in. To His courts. Enter in. With grateful hearts. Come before Him, come bring your song, yeah. We are His people, He is our God. For the Lord, for the Lord is good and His love endures. His love endures. For the Lord is good, and His love endures. His love endures forever, forevermore. His faithfulness, 
And it's rising up. Yes, it's rising up all around. It's the anthem of the Lord's renown. And it's rising up all around. It's the anthem of the Lord's renown. And together, church, together we sing. Everyone sing. One more. Together we sing. Everyone sing. Everybody. Holy is the Lord. God Almighty. It's filled with His glory. Yeah, holy is the Lord. God Almighty. Earth is filled with His glory. Yes, the earth is filled with it. One more time, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The earth is filled with His glory. Holy is the Lord God Almighty. The earth is filled with His glory. The earth, one more time now. Oh, the earth is filled with His glory. Yes, it is. All right. Have a seat, everybody. And welcome, Carolyn, to lead us in some revival prayer this morning. Good morning, church. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Well, isn't that what we long to see, the earth filled with God's glory? You know, last week we celebrated Memorial Day. And I came across a song, which many of you may know, but the lyrics said this. It said, all gave some and some gave all. I spent some time reflecting on this. And there are men and women who have given everything for the red, white, and blue, and for what this country represents. They left our soil for another to fight for our country. Now today, we see war on our own soil. We see sides, we see violence, we see hurt, division, and anger. We see some choose blue, and we see some choose red. We see our children being targeted and hurt. There is a war, and we must fight for the souls of our country and for our world, and the weapon that we must fight with is prayer. We must be fighting in prayer. Now more than ever, and it seems like we say that all the time, but um, now more than ever, we see the battle escalating, and so we need to be praying. Praying for our country. Praying for our children praying for our churches, for our families, for revival, and for spiritual awakening in our community. And we must give our all in prayer. As we go to battle in prayer, let's remember this. The church is the light of the world. A city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. We, the church, are not to be hidden in this time in our world. We are to shine bright 
picture with me people fighting in battle, tired, fatigued, hungry, and they look up and they see a light. They see a city on a hill, a refuge, hope. Why is the church illuminated? Because the presence of God rests on the church. In Revelation chapter 2, it says, Him who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks among the seven golden lampstands. Those lampstands are the seven churches that existing in the, at the time that John saw this revelation. It's a picture of Jesus Christ walking among the churches. It's Jesus who gives us light. It's Jesus who is our light. And it's not to be hidden. We, where our world is broken, divided, isolated, and hurting, the church is to be united, whole, and praying. We must give our all in prayer and offer our world hope that it desperately needs. I'm going to lead us in a time of prayer right now, but I want to invite you back tonight to Revival Prayer. We're going to be meeting here tonight at 6.30, 6.30, to do just what I talked about, to give our all in prayer. So um, I ask you to join us um, tonight as we go to God for our country, our children, our homes, our community, um, because we know our all, we all know our world needs hope and it needs us praying. So let's pray right now. Lord, thank you for the church. Thank you for Solano Valley Church. We come before you, Lord, and we pray for our city. We pray for our community, our state, and our country. We pray for a spiritual awakening, starting in families and reaching out into our community, into our neighborhoods, our schools, our grocery stores, our hospitals. Lord, where there is suffering, I pray that you would bring comfort. Where there is anger, I pray that you would bring peace. Where there is no vision, God, give eyes to see and help help them see hope that is in you. Lord, we pray hearts would turn from their sin and turn towards you. We pray people would find hope and salvation in Jesus Christ. Lord, use us, the local church. May we be a city on a hill, a light, a refuge, a place where our city can find hope and experience the love of our Savior and the presence of God. Lord, see us, hear us, and bring revival in Jesus' name.
Come and be filled. Come and be healed. We believe. We believe in the kingdom come. We believe in the risen Son. You bring our hearts to life. Lord, we come with our hands up high. We believe you will satisfy. You bring our hearts to life. Yeah, you bring our hearts to life. We are alive. Oh, we are alive. Oh, see. Oh, see. The people returning. Love of the Father drawing us in. Oh, see. Salvation coming. Jesus, our Savior, light of the world, light of the world. We believe, yes, we do. We believe in the kingdom come. We believe in the risen sun. We bring our hearts to life. <coughs> Lord, we come with our hands up high. We believe you will satisfy. You bring our hearts to life. Yeah, you bring our hearts to life. We are alive. Oh, we are alive. Let revival come. Let the people sing the glory of your name. Let revival, let revival come. Let the people sing the glory of your name. Oh, Lord, we pray. Let revival come. Let the people sing the glory of your name one more time let revival come let the people sing the glory of your name we believe in the kingdom come we believe in the risen sun to bring our hearts to life oh yes you do we believe you will satisfy, you bring our hearts to life. Yeah, you bring our hearts to life. Oh, we are alive. Yes, we are alive. Sing it, church, let revival come. Let revival come. Let the people sing the glory of your name. Let revival come. Let the people sing the glory of your name. Let revival come. Let the people sing the glory of your name. 
Let revival come. Let the people sing the glory of your name. The glory of your name. And he can do it, right? Amen. Well, we're going to take a few moments to greet the folks around us right now. And I just want to ask you to uh, perhaps you could ask, you know, what are your vacation plans this summer? You might not be thinking about vacation with the rain out there, but I'm going to go down to Irvine next week and see my daughter graduate college. That's that's my vacation plan. So uh, our vacation plan. So uh, take a few moments and we'll continue with one more worship song in just a second before Pastor Gary comes up. Thank you.
All right, folks, let's make our way back to our seats here. so thankful for the love of God that knows no limits, knows no boundaries, that pursues us. The Bible says that even when we were still sinners, Christ died for us. When our hearts were far from him, when we were in rebellion, he went to the cross. Aren't you glad that our Salvation isn't based on how good you and I are. When would good enough ever be good enough? Lord, we thank you so much for your grace. We thank you for your reckless love for us. We thank you for pursuing us. We thank you that if we say yes to you, we can spend all of eternity with you. We can have a purpose. We can have abundant life. We give you glory for that. Let's stand together one more time, church. And let's sing. For I spoke a word you were singing over me. You have been so, so good to me. For I took, for I took a breath, you breathed your life in me. Oh, you have been so, so kind to me. Though the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God, Oh, it chases me down, fight still I'm found, leaves the ninety-nine. I couldn't earn it, I don't deserve it, still you give yourself away. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. When I was your foe, when I was your foe, still your love fought for me. You have been so, so good to me. When I felt no worth, you paid it all for me. You have been so, so kind to me. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Oh, it chases me down, fights till I'm found. 
sleeps the night and night. I didn't earn it, I don't deserve it, still you give yourself away. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. There's no shadow. No shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, tear down, coming after me. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. No wall you won't kick down, the lie you won't tear down, coming after me and oh, the overwhelming, never ending, reckless love of God. Oh, it chases me down, fights till I found leaves the night tonight. I couldn't earn it, I don't deserve it. Still you give yourself away Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God I'd like to sing that chorus with you one more time, church The overwhelming Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Oh, it chases me now, fights till I found least ninety-nine. I could earn it, I don't deserve it, still you give yourself away. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for your reckless love, your never-ending, overwhelming, reckless love in your pursuit of us. Lord, I want to pray for Pastor Gary right now as he brings your word. Give him courage and wisdom and grace to preach your, your word today. And Lord, help us to have tender hearts and ears that hear. Help us to have the courage to put into practice what you want to teach us today so that you can change us and make us more like Jesus. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. All right, fantastic. Thank you, Matt. Uh, Dan, thank you uh, for leading us in worship today. Joe, appreciate you back there on Multimedia. Jim, you on sound. Uh, it's really good to see everybody today. Welcome. Uh, if you are coming to us either through YouTube or Facebook, we're really glad you're with us. Thanks for tuning in. So, uh, 
Hey, real quick, I'd like to, uh, I, I know we just prayed, but I, I'd like to uh, share with you a few things that I'm praying about right now. I'm praying daily for these things in the month of June. And, uh, and I want to just tell you a little bit of what they are, and then I'd like to lead us in a prayer about these things uh, before we launch into looking at God's Word today. Uh, several things I'm praying for. One thing I'm praying for is right now, Joy and I, we're looking to start a new group. It's called, uh, it's called Vertical Marriage. And what we are doing is more than targeting people in our church, we're actually targeting people in our community. There are several young couples that we know and have met uh, that we are reaching out to, that we're inviting to this group. There's also, uh, there are a number of young couples and young families who live just around the corner from us that we've been getting to know. We've been praying for them. Uh, we just kind of, you know, we, Joy and I, we walk all the time. We pray. Uh, we pray for our neighbors. We pray for them by name. We pray for them by their house, by face. If we don't know their name, we pray for them by face. But we pray for these people, but we also engage. We just, you know, friendly word, friendly greeting, and we've just kind of gotten to know these people and their kids. And it's actually really fun. I, I love living in our neighborhood. I really do. I, I can't, I, 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 there's not another neighborhood. I know your neighbor, your streets are wonderful too. Don't get me wrong. But I really love where we live because I love our neighbors. And so we've been praying for them. But uh, the part of the purpose of doing this group, first of all, it is, uh, Joy and I have actually gone through the material. It's fantastic. Uh, we were introduced to it when we were at the uh, Weekend Remember Conference down in Monterey, which if you've never done it and you're married, I encourage you to do it. It's a great, great weekend thing. Carolyn, uh, Matt, you guys went a few weeks ago. How was your experience? It was awesome. It was awesome. Okay. So it, it's great. But this material is put together. Uh, I can't think of their names now, uh, but the couple um, who put it together. Uh, yeah, Dave and M. Wilson. And David's church planner, like me, uh, they've been married for about 40 years. They are very honest about their 40 years. They've, they've gone through some tough stuff. So they're very, very honest about that, which I think really has appealed to people who are going through hard stuff. And so, and then they share a little bit about how God has worked in their marriage uh, through this. So what we're doing is we're targeting these young families, and this is the way in young couples. And, and here's my thinking is, you know, what if we invite all those people and nobody comes? No big deal. Okay? I mean, we haven't lost a thing, right? I mean, but what if we invite them and every one of them comes? Okay? What if we invite them and nobody receives Christ? But what if we invite them and every one of them receives Christ? What if we invite them and none of them come to our church? We haven't lost the things. Okay, they're not here now. But what if we invite them and every one of them comes to our church? So our feeling is we want to live like missionaries in our neighborhood. So what we're praying for is we're praying that these young couples will come. We're praying that they will experience God's blessing in it. And we're praying that one or more of them will come to know Jesus. And we're also praying that maybe one or more of them actually comes to Salon Valley Church. So what we are doing is we are really praying, reaching out to our community. But we're also uh, we're, we're praying, but we're actually doing the work. Okay, We're not just praying, but we're reaching. And we're not just reaching, but we're praying. We're doing both together. Uh, an idea that Matt came up with, and we're going to be kicking that off in July. So we're just ramping up to it. Uh, another idea that Matt came up with the other day, and he, he said, hey, Gary, what do you think about? And he began to tell me this idea he had. I, I loved it. I loved it. He was talking with his sister-in-law, Carolyn's sister, Nan. Uh, Car- uh, Nan, a lot of you guys know, know Nan, if not all of you do. Uh, but Nan... Um, 
has been working with the Red Cross, and one of the things that they're doing is they're going into, uh, I guess, groups, uh, groups of people, and they're speaking to them about fire preparedness. Is fire an issue in NorCal? Not, not right now. <laughs> it's raining, okay? But it is a huge issue in, in Northern California. And so it is a real need that people have. It is a felt need that many people have. It is people who might not come ordinarily on a Sunday morning might come to something like this to learn about fire preparedness. And so Matt thought, well, could we do this as a service to our community? I said, absolutely. And we can even invite the people of our church. We can even encourage the people of our church to maybe come. But don't just come. Bring a friend, a neighbor, uh, someone who's concerned about fire safety. Uh, but it is a kind of a, a, a real simple way of just reaching out, serving the public. Now, what if we do this and nobody comes? Have we lost anything? No, no. What if we do this and 100 people come? Okay? What if we do it and 100 people? What if we do this and nobody comes to know Jesus? But what if we do this and 100 people come to know Jesus? What if we do this and if no one comes to our church, but what if we do this and a hundred people come to our church? You see, we, what we want to do is we want to pray and we want to reach out. Uh, another thing that I'm praying for, uh, this month, today, this is awesome. This is really cool. Today, today. Um, a few weeks ago, you guys got, had the opportunity to hear Cornelius Bracey when he uh, was with us on a Sunday morning and he preached for me. Uh, any of y'all remember Cornelius? Okay. He's just a youngster. He was born like three weeks after me, September 1959. Uh, he's, he's just a youngster, but he's been, you know, uh, Cornelius has been praying 20 years, uh, for launching a church called Holy Ground. Uh, because what God says to Moses when Moses approaches God, God says, take the shoes off your feet for the ground you stand on is holy. And again, uh, with Joshua, uh, when Joshua's getting ready to enter the promised land, God meets him and he says, take your shoes off because the ground on which you stand is holy. This morning, I want you to all take your shoes off. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but the truth is, as followers of Jesus, everywhere we walk is holy ground. Because everywhere we go, we take Jesus with us. And what God has laid in Cornelius' heart is very similar to what God put in my heart. Many years ago, Joy and I, we felt like God wanted us to plant a church that makes disciples. To make disciples that make disciples. And we believed that God wanted us to plant a church that plants churches. And through the years, we've seen a number of people come to know Jesus. We've seen a few lives change. We've actually had a part in helping to launch some churches in different parts of NorCal and up in Washington as well. And... Um, and so today, June 5th, isn't that today's day, June 5th? Today, uh, Holy Ground Christian Ministry is going to kick off their worship, first worship service at 6 p.m. And so what I'd like to do is I would like to pray for Cornelius. I'd like to pray for Holy Ground uh, Christian Ministry. And to me, I, I think, what you know, I, I just, I, I love... What they're doing, because they're doing something that I believe is from God, and they're doing something that we believe God called us to do years ago when we launched Solana Valley Church. So I just want to lead us in uh, a little prayer uh, about these things. And, uh, and so let me, let's uh, pray with me, please. God, you are great. You are awesome. You are good. Lord, we worship you. We are so grateful 
for your reckless love. This love that was willing to go to the cross for us. To lay down your life, to suffer for us so that we might be saved. We are grateful for that. God, we are grateful for your heart that leaves the 99 to go after the one that's lost. You're the one who goes after the lost sheep, the lost coin, the lost son, the lost person. God, we're so grateful for the three young people last week who gave a testimony that they wanted to follow Jesus through baptism. We are so grateful for that. And God, we as a church, we don't want to sit back and celebrate the past. Lord, we want to lean into the future. We want to follow Jesus as boldly as Jesus loves us. We want to follow Jesus as boldly as Jesus loves people in our community. God, we can do all kinds of things, but apart from you, we can't really accomplish anything of lasting importance. So, Lord, what we want to do is we want to reach out. But, God, what we want is we want you to bless the work of our hands. So, God, right now, I'm going to pray that the couples that you want to be there for vertical marriage will be there. God, I pray that you'll use us to touch people's hearts. I pray that you'll use us to heal people's marriages. I pray that you'll use us to see lost people come to know you. God, I pray that you'll use us to actually bring uh, one or more of these couples into our church. God, I pray for this upcoming, um, uh, this upcoming on June 30th, this upcoming event of reaching out to our community and uh, just loving and serving our community by giving them an opportunity to learn how they can, uh, they can be prepared for the fire season. Lord, I pray that you would use this, as Carolyn shared earlier, so that we might be a light, a city set on a hill. That we would... Um, as Jesus said, let your light shine before others in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. I pray, God, that you would use this to help us to build bridges of goodwill through which uh, people, maybe a side door into our church, through which we can proclaim the gospel to our community and see lost people saved. God, there is nothing you cannot do. So I pray that you will work through us and that you will work in this community. God, I want to I want to commit to you, Cornelius. God, I, I pray that you'd give him the wisdom, the courage, the grace that he needs to lead this new church plant. <clears throat> God, I pray that holy ground, I pray for us, that we will be a church that makes disciples who make disciples. I pray for holy ground. I pray for us that we will be churches that plant churches that plant churches. For the honor and the glory of your name and your name only. Not for the honor of our name. The honor of your name. God, I pray, as Carolyn has already prayed, I pray for revival in our churches and I pray for spiritual awakening in our community. God, as we open your word right now and as we look at Exodus chapter 8, I pray, God, that you would help us to see... uh, your holiness, um, your righteous judgment, but also your grace and your mercy. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. Uh, so I want to encourage you. I'm sorry, reaching down to turn on my mic. I realize my mic is on. Um, why don't you open your Bibles, Exodus chapter 8.
Uh, if you don't have a Bible, you have a smartphone, you can use that. Uh, we're going to have it on the screen as well. I'm going to be reading from going to be reading from the uh, New International Version, the 2011 uh, version, and uh, which is a great translation. It's a great translation. There are other many good translations as well, but very, very readable. That's why I like to use it. Uh, what we did a couple of weeks ago, you, you remember this. Let's, let's, context is important. Context is important. For 400 years, 400 years, the nation of Israel had been under the most cruel and oppressive bondage that a people has ever faced. It was everything like American slavery in the Old South, but worse. It was anti-God. It was unholy. It was evil. It was vicious. It was ruthless, uh, oppressive beating of people. And uh, laboring to death from birth to the grave. That's all that Israel had known was oppression for 400 years. And the Bible tells us that they cried out to God. They cried out to God who had made a covenant with their forefathers, with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They cried out to God. And the Bible tells us that God heard their cry. He saw their suffering. He remembered his covenant. And God raised up a man, Moses, to lead them out from under that cruel bondage to freedom. Uh, the book of the book of, of Exodus really can be, you know, most people break it into two parts. I like to break it into three. I, I, I think there are three major themes in the book of Exodus. I, I think those three themes are uh, redemption. Our deliverance, I think covenant, uh, when God makes a covenant with Israel at Sinai, uh, the Ten Commandments, you've heard of that, and all the other things that come with that, uh, kind of an explanation of what living that out looks like. And then uh, presence uh, that we see in the, the building of the tabernacle, God's presence with his people. So I believe those are the three major themes. Other people look at it a little bit differently, but, but I think that that, that is consistent. Uh, with what we see. And I, I think even people who see it differently would acknowledge those three things are very, very important in the book of Exodus. Uh, two weeks ago, two weeks ago, so, so what, what, what Moses does is Moses goes to Pharaoh as God said, told him to do. He goes to Pharaoh. He says, let my people go. And what does Pharaoh do? He says, who, you know, uh, the, the Lord, you know, Moses, the Lord says, let my people go. And, and the response of Pharaoh is, who is the Lord? The Lord, Yahweh. Okay? God's covenant name that he gave to his people. The Lord, Yahweh. Who is the Lord? And at first, things got worse for Israel. Yahweh, or excuse me, Pharaoh said that you, uh, you know what? You, you're going to continue to make bricks, but now you have to go pick your own straw and you have to still produce the same number of bricks. So things got worse. Moses cried out to God. And then God said this to Moses. He said, now you will see what I will do. And two weeks ago, we saw the first of ten plagues. Ten plagues. Y'all want to spend ten weeks doing one plague each week? Just kidding. Uh, we, we looked at one plague, one plague two weeks ago. It was the plague of where um, 
Moses, Aaron, uh, they, they strike the Nile River with their staff as they were instructed by God. Uh, God turns it into blood, and it was miserable. Okay? It was miserable. Interesting. Uh, uh, this is, is a judgment that obviously affects Pharaoh, obviously affects uh, the people of Egypt, but it also affects their whole worship system. Uh, that 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 uh, some of you you may f- be familiar with Isis, uh, the goddess of the Nile. Some of you, well, I don't know. You you may or may not be uh, familiar with. Doggone it! What's he? Uh, I can't think of the the god of the Nile. Anyway, uh, uh, did I write it down here? It's got to be here somewhere. Yeah, Happy, Happy. What a wonderful name, Happy. H A P I. Okay. Some people pronounce it Happy. They're uh, they don't know that A is an ah sound or an a sound. It's not a ah sound. Anyway, uh, and they would say, well, you're not Egyptian. And I would say, well, neither are you. But uh, anyway, so happy, happy, whatever you want to call him, uh, wasn't happy when the Nile was turned into to blood. And in all of this, what we are seeing is we're seeing that that the Lord, Yahweh, the Lord God, of Israel is greater than the counterfeit gods of other nations, in this case, Egypt. And we'll see this all the way through the Old Testament and into the New Testament. Uh, So what we're going to do today, we're going to go through uh, chapter 8, and we're going to look at three different plagues. We're going to try to fast forward through the plagues a little bit. Part of this is so you can see common themes. I think sometimes when you do a larger text of Scripture, you see things a little bit more quickly Themes begin to emerge more clearly. And that way we don't spend 10 weeks on this, okay? So let's look at, actually I'm going to begin in verse 25 of Exodus uh, 7 because it really kind of wraps right into chapter 8. Okay, so uh, we're looking here now at Exodus, last verse of 7, and then chapter 8. It says this, seven days passed after the Lord struck the Nile. Then the Lord said to Moses, go to Pharaoh. Go to Pharaoh and say to him, this is what the Lord says. Let my people go so that they may worship me. There's a reason why God wants Pharaoh to let the people go. It is so they may worship him. By the way, by the way, in our world today, our culture trains us to be consumers. We're trained to be consumers. You know, we, we, we consume. We, we purchase. We buy. We buy products. We buy services. Uh, but what we have to be careful is, is that we are not consumers of God. We are not consumers of spiritual experiences, and we are not consumers of religious services. We are worshipers. We are worshipers called to be worshipers, not consumers. And so what God was doing is he's not liberating consumers. God doesn't liberate us from sin to be consumers of churches, church services, church experiences. He has liberated us from sin to be worshipers. This is what the Lord says. Let my people go so that they may worship me. If you refuse to let them go, I will send a plague of frogs on your whole country. That doesn't sound so bad. Is that to you? I mean, it could have been snakes, you know. He does that to Israel later in the book of Exodus. 
Actually, I think that's in Numbers. Uh, if you refuse to let them go, I will send a plague of frogs on your whole country. By the way, frogs were considered sacred animals to the Egyptians. Well, how is this a curse? We'll get there. The Nile will teem with frogs. They will come into your palace, in, uh, in your bedroom, and onto your bed, and into the houses of your officials, and on your people, and into your ovens, and kneading troughs. The frogs will come up on you, and your people, and all your officials. You got this? By the way, uh, why? Why frogs? I mean, why, why frogs? I, I, I think... Um, uh, why? Okay, we'll get to that in a second, all right? Verse 5. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron, stretch out your hand with your staff over the streams, canals, ponds, and make frogs come up on the land of Egypt. And Aaron hopped to it. Oh, okay, you're, you're, you actually are listening. I wasn't sure for a moment. So Aaron stretched out his hand over the waters of Egypt. The frogs came up, covered the land, but the magicians did the same things by their secret arts. They did the same things. By their secret arts. And they also made frogs come up on the land of Egypt. I believe that you're supposed to laugh when the magicians do the same thing. How does that help anything? How does that help anybody? Now, how were they able to do this? We don't know. It could have been a sleight of hand. It could have been maybe some kind of satanic, demonic um, uh, power that was behind this. They were able to duplicate the miracle in small measure, but not in, they were not able to reverse what God had done. And that's what Egypt needed. Okay. Aaron stretched out his hand over the frogs, or excuse me, over the waters of Egypt. Frogs came up, covered the land. The magicians did the same things by their secret arts. They also made frogs come up on Egypt. Uh, <clears throat> so this is what I want you to see. Uh, why frogs? Frogs were associated, they were also associated with the god Happy Hoppy, however you want to call him, uh, the god of the Nile. Also, Hecate. Hecate was one of the goddesses, uh, of, uh, of, of the Egyptians. She was, like, super attractive, okay? She had the, uh, body of a woman and the head of a frog, alright? Okay, I was being sarcastic when I said she was attractive. So, but she could breathe the breath of life into you through her nostrils, okay? Uh, if you want that, okay? So, um, so this is, this is like, um, uh, this was not a good scene. Uh, frogs were sacred. There was actually a law against killing frogs. There was actually a law against it. So imagine, imagine, imagine you are, you, you know, like there are frogs everywhere. There are frogs everywhere. You've been working. You're, you're riding home from work in your chariot, okay? Other people are riding home in their chariots in front of you, and everywhere the chariot's wheels go, then frog guts are everywhere, okay? So you're running over these frogs, which was illegal to kill, and you get home, you get home, and you, you're like, okay, I just need a cup of coffee. I just need to recover. And you grab your cup of coffee, and you start to sip it, and there's a frog staring right in your eyes, Okay? Blah. Okay, so you, you throw it out, you know. Uh, you, you, you throw a muffin into the microwave to heat it up, and, you know, and all of a sudden you hear this loud, and there's frog guts all over the inside of your microwave, okay? 
you you get another muffin, you start to bite into it. It's got a leg coming out of the four corners of the muffin, you know, and then there's a head again staring at you. They are in they are in the kneading trough where bread is made. They are in the ovens. You're so tired. Okay, you're just gonna climb into bed. You climb into bed and all of a sudden you feel something cold and slimy crawling along your leg. And then you feel another and another, another and another and another. You pull the blankets off, and there's like a thousand frogs in your bed. Now, do you see how frogs are uh, a curse? Not so deadly. By the way, it's interesting. Remember, this is plague number two. Uh, When you read through, if you read through the whole section of plagues, you'll see that in, this is not a new idea with me, this is like, People have been talking about this for years, okay? You have three sets of three plagues. Then you have the last plague, which is super bad. With the first of each of these three plagues, it always begins at the river where Moses confronts Pharaoh. Always begins that way. Always begins that way. Uh, And what you see in the first three plagues, these are plagues mostly of inconvenience. The second three plagues are plagues of destruction, where it become, they're very destructive in what they do. Uh, and then the last, the third set of three is you begin to see death. And then the tenth one, you see death on steroids. Um, where am I at? What verse? Yeah, I know. <laughs> am I at verse eight? verse eight? Yeah, okay. Pharaoh summoned Moses. Sorry, I get distracted. I get, I, you know. Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron said, pray to the Lord. Pharaoh, 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 now look at this. Remember what Pharaoh had said? Who is the Lord? Who is Yahweh? Who is Yahweh that I should listen to him? Who is the Lord? Pharaoh summoned Moses and said, pray to the Lord, to Yahweh. See, he knows he's not getting any relief from his magicians. He's just getting more frogs. At this point, he begins to acknowledge, pray to the Lord Yahweh to take the frogs away from me and my people. And I will let your people go to offer sacrifices to the Lord. Oh, looks like mission accomplished, doesn't it? Moses said to Pharaoh, I I leave to you the honor um, of setting the time for me to pray for you and your officials and your people that you and your houses may be rid of frogs except for those that remain in the Nile. Tomorrow, Pharaoh said. I know. <laughs> Carolyn said, why? It's like, you know, how about right now? You know, how about right now? Tomorrow. Uh, it's interesting. I was listening to this one guy who's talking about this. And he said, you know, so often that's kind of the way we are. God's wanting to take care of something. He's wanting to do something in our life. And we're like, tomorrow. Tomorrow. You know, God's wanting us to follow Jesus today. We're saying, Tomorrow. We just put stuff off. Uh, tomorrow, Pharaoh said, Moses replied, it will be as you say, so that you may know. Oh, underline these words. Did I underline this? I should have. Um, it will be as you say, so that you may know there is no one like the Lord, Yahweh, our God. These things are being done for a reason. These things are being done so that Pharaoh, so that the people of Egypt may know that the Lord is God. There is mercy and grace in these words. 
God, I believe, was at this moment extending to them an opportunity for grace and mercy. So that you may know that there is no one like the Lord our God. He's not like the gods of the Egyptians. He is a true God. The frogs will leave you and your houses, your officials and your people. They will remain only in the Nile. After uh, Moses and Aaron left Pharaoh, Moses cried out to the Lord about the frogs he had brought on, on Pharaoh. And the Lord did what Moses asked. The, the frogs died in the houses, in the courtyards, in the fields. They were piled into heaps and the land reeked of them. But when Pharaoh saw that there was relief, he, what did he do? He hardened his heart. He, see, see, what Pharaoh wanted, he didn't want. He didn't want repentance. He wanted relief. Pharaoh saw that there was relief. See, he doesn't want to follow God. And that's the way it is with a lot of people. God, please take away the suffering. They want relief. They want God to take... They are consumers. I want relief. But they don't want God. They don't want to follow Jesus. They don't want to be a true worshiper. He hardened his heart and would not listen to Moses and Aaron, just as the Lord had said. All right. Second plague. Second plague. Um, or excuse me, third plague. Second one in the chapter. Third plague. Then the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron, stretch out your staff, strike the dust to the ground, and throughout the land of Egypt, the dust will become gnats. They did this. They, meaning Aaron, Moses, did this. When Aaron stretched out his hand with the staff, struck the dust to the ground, gnats came on the people and animals. All the dust throughout the land of Egypt became gnats. But when the magicians tried to produce gnats by their secret arts, they could not. Now, real quickly here, the word for gnats in Hebrew is a word that's a little bit... Um, their distinctions, uh, the, the way they use words are not always the way we use words. We, we have very precise words. Uh, they will use a word... Uh, the word here for gnat can mean gnat. Uh, which, by the way, were considered to be very, very unclean if gnats entered a temple, de- desecrated the temple. It, it one, one of the things the priests used to do, the priests were really, uh, the Egyptian priests were very, very focused on uh, cleanliness. Apparently, they believed that cleanliness was next to godliness, at least godliness with their gods. And so what they would do is they'd shave all their hair off their head, off their face, eyebrows, everything. They would shave all body hair. Uh, they washed routinely. They wore these linen ephods. To be covered with gnats would have been to be desecrated for the Egyptian priest. For the temples to be filled with gnats would have been a desecration. If some translations do translate this word as lice, which is a possibility. Uh, some scholars tell us that it could have even been uh, a kind of mosquito. Uh, but most likely, whatever they were, they were a huge irritant. Okay? A huge irritant. Not destructive, but very irritating. Okay? Um, so, uh, what verse am I in? Um, doggone it. 16. Uh, so, verse 16. So, um, uh, they, they did this, and when Aaron stretched out his hand, the staff struck the dust. Okay. All the dust throughout the land of Egypt became gnats, but when the magicians tried to produce gnats by their secret arts, they could not. Now, see, at this point in time, and from this time on, the magicians are completely powerless. 
Since the gnats were on the people, animals everywhere, the magician said to Pharaoh, this is the finger of God. At this point in time, some of the Egyptians are beginning to get it. They're beginning to get it. They're beginning to recognize this is not just, this is not hocus pocus. This is a real work of God that we cannot duplicate. This is the finger of God. But, but what? Pharaoh's, was he repentant? No. But Pharaoh's heart was hard and he would not listen just as the Lord had said. Now we get to the fourth plague, the third in this chapter, but the fourth plague. Fourth plague, uh, verse, uh, verse 20. Then the Lord said to Moses, get up early in the morning. Remember, this is the second set of three plagues. Remember how it said that, that at, with each of the first three, or the first plague of the sets of three, it always begins at the river. Uh, then the Lord said to Moses, get up early in the morning, confront Pharaoh as he goes to the river to, and say to him, and, and probably this was a formal act of worship by, uh, by, by Pharaoh. The, the Nile was at the center of a lot of their worship. Remember, they have these gods, goddesses of the Nile. Okay. Then the Lord said to Moses, get up early in the morning, confront uh, Pharaoh as he goes to the river, say to him, this is what the Lord says, let my people go. So that they may worship me. When God liberates people, he does not liberate them to be consumers. He liberates them to be what? Worshippers. You were not set free from your sin to be a consumer of God, of churches, of religious experiences, religious services. You are called. I am called. We are liberated people to be worshippers. Verse 21, if you do not let my people go, I will send swarms of flies on you and your officials, on your people, into your houses. The houses of the Egyptians will be full of of flies. Even the ground will be covered with them. Imagine looking down at your feet right now and seeing the floor crawl. It's crawling because it's covered with flies. Imagine flies all over you. And you're just, you're sick and tired of trying to wave them off because it doesn't work. They are getting in your eyes. They're climbing up your nose. They're crawling into your ears. They are biting flies. These are not the kind of little uh, uh, house fly. These are mean flies. They're biting. They are irritating beyond irritation. Um, I saw that... that um, as reading about this, that there are one of the things that happens in Egypt to this day is there are kinds of flies that when they bite you, they because they are you know around animals they pick up anthrax, and you get anthrax from it. These are um, these flies are destructive. Verse twenty two. But on that day I will deal differently with the land of Goshen. Here, pay close attention. Who lived in Goshen? Israel. God is beginning to show a distinction between his people and Pharaoh's people. On that day, says the Lord, I will deal differently with the land of Goshen where my people live. No swarms of flies will be there so that you may know. So that you may know. Remember, he's doing this for a purpose. He is actually introducing himself to Pharaoh. 
the Lord God, this is judgment, but it's intended to be a judgment that brings a person to a place of repentance so that you may know that I, the Lord, am in this land. I will make a distinction between my people, the people of Israel, and your people, the Egyptians. This sign will occur tomorrow. And the Lord did this. Then swarms of flies poured into Pharaoh's palace, into the houses uh, of his officials. Throughout Egypt, the lamb was ruined. See, now we're starting to be, we're seeing a destructiveness in the plagues. The land was ruined by the flies. Then Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, go sacrifice to your God here in the land. Wait a second, what did God say? Three-day journey. Here in the land. Interesting. What, what, what Moses is trying to do is trying to introduce a, a compromise. You can worship. Just worship here. Verse 26. But Moses said that would not be right to sacrifice here in the land. The sacrifices we offer the Lord our God would be detestable to the Egyptians, which is true. Animal sacrifice is something the Egyptians did not practice. In fact, um, a, a few hundred years after this event, there was a Jewish community that lived in a, uh, a, a, a village called Elephantine or Elephantine. I'm not sure how you pronounce it, uh, where they were performing sacrifices to God. And uh, it broke out into a riot and persecution. A lot of Jews died there. Uh, you know, when Moses says, that would not be right, the sacrifices we offered the Lord our God would be detestable to the Egyptians. And if we offer sacrifices that are detestable in their eyes, will they not stone us? We must take, we must take, this goes back to what God said, we must take a three-day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God as he commanded us. Pharaoh said, I will let you to go, uh, go offer your sacrifices to the Lord your God in the wilderness, but you must not go very far. Now, pray for me. Again, he's seeking compromise. By the way, by the way, these sound like the words of the enemy. Not too far. Not too far. Those sounds like the words of the enemies. Not too far. Hey, you know, it, it's okay if you're a Christian, but don't go too far with this religious stuff. You know, it's okay that you go to church on Sunday mornings, but you know, don't go too far with this stuff. You know, don't. I mean, you know, be like the rest of us. And a lot of Christians, that's what they do. They don't go too far with following Jesus. Yeah, they're religiously in church on Sunday mornings, but they live just like the world. Monday. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And, 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 and I, I, I think what, what compromise has always been a part of the strategic plan and approach of our enemy, the devil. Not too far, uh, says Pharaoh. Now pray for me. Verse 29, Moses answered, as soon as I leave you, I will pray to the Lord. And tomorrow the flies will leave Pharaoh and his officials and his people. Only, and here, this is a boundary statement by Pharaoh, or by Moses. Only let Pharaoh be sure that he does not act deceitfully again by not letting the people go to offer sacrifices to the Lord. Do not be deceitful again. 
He's drawing a boundary. Then Moses left Pharaoh, prayed to the Lord, and the Lord did what Moses asked. The flies left Pharaoh and his officials and his people. Not a fly remained. But this time also, Pharaoh hardened his heart and would not let the people go. A um, few lessons for us here, real quick. Just life points. These are some points to live by. Number one, this. some people, like Pharaoh, hear the word of the Lord, but they do not heed the word of the Lord. They hear it, but they don't heed it. They hear it. They come Sunday morning. They hear the message. But they don't really, you know, one of the things I pray for all the time for our church is that God would help us to humbly receive the word implanted that's able to save our souls. See, we want to be more than hearers of the word. We want to be doers of the word. Some people like Pharaoh, they hear the word of the Lord, but they do not heed the word of the Lord. Number two, every time a person hears the word without heeding the word like Pharaoh, they harden their hearts before God. And by the way, I would add to that, they invite more judgment on themselves. I believe that. I I really believe that every time a person hears the word of God and does not heed it, they are inviting more judgment on themselves. Every time a person hears the word of God but does not obey it, I believe that they are inviting more judgment on themselves. This is exactly why we see what does Pharaoh do? He hardens his heart. What does God do? Sends another judgment. Uh, That's not just something that happened with Pharaoh. Later, we're going to see it happen with Israel. I think it's a human thing, not a Pharaoh thing. Every time a person hears the word without heeding the word, they harden their hearts before God and invite God's judgment on them. Number three, there is a difference between pleading for relief from judgment and repenting of your sin. This is something that the nation, this nation, must learn. I mean, I think sometimes we're praying, oh, God, please send rain. Oh, God, please put an end to COVID. Oh, God, save us from these things. Instead of, oh God, please save my soul from sin. See, there's a difference between pleading for relief and pleading to God with a repentant heart. I mean, I think this is a a very important lesson for us. Number four, God made a distinction between his people and those who refused to heed God's word. Now, one thing I want to tell you. And, and I was reading back through Hebrews this morning and in parts of Second Peter and in First Peter as well. And, and what you need to understand is this, is that that people, Christian people go through suffering. But there's a difference between the discipline of the Lord that's unpleasant in the moment, but that God uses to purify our faith in Jesus. And there's uh, between that and judgment. See, the the believer experiences discipline. The unbeliever experiences judgment. Two different things. Two different things. By the way, the Bible tells us that God is not willing or wishing that anyone should perish, but all should come to repentance. When God brings judgment into people's lives, it is always, always, always meant to be with mercy and with grace. He is trying to get a person's attention to help them see that life as I am living it has a great cost. But he's giving people the opportunity to repent. 
understand that every time God takes away the judgment, God is giving Pharaoh the opportunity to repent. He's giving the people of Egypt the opportunity to repent from 400 years of sin, oppressive oppressive slavery for Israel. <coughs> Which one did I just do? Number three? Four? Uh, God makes a distinction between his people, those who refuse to... Okay, number five is this. The Lord God of Israel is greater than the pantheon of gods and goddesses of counterfeit religions. You know, I, you know, sometimes people like to think, well, all religions are basically the same. And we're all basically worshiping the same God. But, but we don't see that really in the scriptures. That we see that counterfeit religions are not just a different expression in a pursuit of the same God. It's the pursuit of something very, very different. And so what we need to see is that, that in, in what we will see, and we see this, uh, you, know, we, we, you know, God shows that he's greater than the gods and goddesses of Egypt. He shows that he is greater than the gods and the goddesses of Canaanites. He shows that he is greater than the gods and goddesses of Babylon and the gods and goddesses of the Greeks and the Romans. There's only one true God. And there's only one way to that one true God, and that's through the person of Jesus, faith in him. Um, I didn't write a conclusion to this message, so I'll just keep preaching. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, let, let's, let's, uh, I'll go ahead and ask the worship team to come back, back up, and I'll close this in prayer. God, we are grateful at, that you are a good God. You are faithful, always faithful. That you hear the prayers of your people. That you see our suffering. And that you remember your covenant promises. Uh, with your covenant people. God, we are so grateful for the, the covenant that we have in the blood of Jesus. That God has saved us. And, uh, Lord, what we want, um, we, we just wanted to say thank you for all of that. We want to worship you for that. Lord, we, we um, you know, right now, I just want to commit to you again the things that I prayed for earlier. I want to commit to you this upcoming um, this upcoming vertical marriage thing, the upcoming uh, fire uh, protection thing, the, the, uh, the starting of a brand new church today. And I just pray for your blessing in those things. God, use us to bring people to Jesus. And I pray this for the honor, the glory of your name. Amen. Now I get it. It's because so many people consider our bad dad jokes to be a plague. And God is saying, let my people's jokes go. So, For those who don't know me, I'm Rich Friedrich. I'm one of the elders of this church. For those who do know me, I'm still Rich Friedrich. It's elder of the church. I do want to deviate from the script a little bit just to say happy anniversary to my wife of 41 years today. Um. Here at SVC, we believe that one of the measures of a disciple of Jesus is that they've grown in the love of God for, for love for God and for others. It's vital to have consistent interaction and connection with one another. You can do this by joining a small group or by jumping in and serving. Like a branch that grows because of its connection to the tree, we thrive when we stay connected to the church. A list of the groups currently meeting and opportunities to serve can be found on our SVC app, which you can download from the App Store or Google Play. I know all the small groups always keep an open chair, an empty chair, for someone extra to join each week. Coffee with the pastor. Uh, you can have coffee with the pastor or 
if you're really a coffee fan, you can have a pastor with, a co- with your coffee. It's every, <laughs> it's every Wednesday at 4 p.m. at Journey Coffee on Chadbourne Road. Uh, coffee for a pastor is for anyone who wants to meet with one of our pastors for any reason. If you have a question, a ministry idea, or you just want to chat over coffee, we want to be available to you. Or if you're like me, you don't drink coffee, have some hot tea or hot chocolate. If 4 p.m. on Wednesdays is not a good time for you, we would be happy to try to arrange another time that works for you and us. Please feel free to let Gary or Matt know uh, today or whenever God calls it to your mind. Red Cross training. Gary mentioned this earlier. One of the ways that we can reach people in our community is by inviting them to events that serve them at at a felt need level. A particular way we can do that is by inviting you and our community to a training led by the Red Cross on wildfire safety, home safety, and basic crisis preparedness. We want to ensure you that you can weather, weather. We want to ensure you can weather a crisis safety and comfortably. Being prepared may not prevent a disaster, but it will give you confidence to meet the challenge. We are currently working with the Red Cross to confirm a date for this training, and we will communicate that date and time to you as soon as we have it. Now, right now, we have the honor and privilege of worshiping God with our offering. And we want to thank all of you who have been giving so generously to SBC already. Our giving is an act of worship because through it we seek to invite people to follow Jesus so that they become more like him. There are five different ways you can give. One, you can visit our website at www.solanovalley.org backslash giving. You can tap the Give button on the SBC app. You can send a check to 1307 Oliver Road, Fairfield, California, 94534. You can give the... Text the word GIVE to 707-883-3019. Or if you're here in person, you can put your offering in the silver mail slot in the back behind the sound booth. Thank you so much. And if you have any complaints about the jokes, talk to Matt. We do that uh, kind of throughout the week sometimes, text each other ridiculous jokes um let's stand together church and um thank you very much rich and uh aaron hop to it uh gary is that from the message paraphrase oh the actual hebrew nice i love it all right yeah (laughs) that's right um so uh before we do this uh last song i want to just once again, uh, as Carolyn said earlier, invite you back tonight at 6.30 for our uh, revival prayer. I'm going to lead us in a little bit of worship, and then we're going to uh, pray as if everything depends on God, because it does. All right. One, two, enter in to the gate. Enter in, hear with praise. Come before Him, come bring your song. We are His people, He is our God. For the Lord is good. And His love endures, His love endures, for the Lord is good, and His love endures, His love endures.
good and His love endures. His love endures. Enter in, oh winter in to His court. Enter in with grateful heart. Come before Him, come bring your song. We are His people, He is our God. For the Lord is good and His love endures, His love endures. For the Lord is good and His love endures, His love endures forevermore. His faithfulness has no end. For the Lord is good and His love endures, His love endures. We'll see you back here tonight at 6.30. Thank you so much for being here today. Yeah.